something that I hope to change is this narrative that love is linear. And if you meet someone, you fall in love, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, whatever. I, I, that's not how it goes. That's never how it goes. Love is messy and being a human is messy. And so why would we ever think that love would be any easier? Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so per tradition, we're going to just cheers this bad boy. Absolutely. So cheers, little mama. Um, good to have you. I'm super excited. Cheers. Sippity sip. So we're also we're also trying Bar Dog. Bar Dog Cab. Went to World Market just for you to... One, because I know you love animals. And two... <laughs> I mean, two, I, we just needed wine. Well, it's delicious. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so... Oh God, I keep fucking forgetting to be like, yo, it's Maria, your favorite bitch here, whatever my <laughs> intro is, but we're, we're going to just We're working keep, on it. Yeah, we're going to keep working on it. I'm like episode 17 deep, still trying to figure it out. Um, but a quick little warning, I think before we kind of get into this, something that I want people to know if they pop into this episode, that there might be some triggers in here for mm. anybody dealing with like mental, emotional abuse. Um, so that's just a thought process. So if that's something that you're dealing with. Um, just being mindful and throwing that warning in there. And obviously I'll put that in content and things like that. But, um, Hannah, well, one, I want to start with the fact that I know you through an agency that we worked at together and you have not only been a colleague of mine, but also a good friend. Yes. I feel like I almost talked to you like every other day, which is so wild because I haven't seen you in. It was one of the best things to come out of that experience that job experience that we experienced together the most traumatizing job experience but the best yeah Yeah. exactly I love it I love it um but I know that when I had started at the agency I had known I had heard through the grapevine I think that you know you were going through a divorce or I'm sorry not a divorce but you were breaking off an engagement yes and I know through that time, like we had gotten really close at the agency. However, it wasn't something that we talked about. It wasn't my place to ask you, but over time you would have become more open about it. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, once I started this podcast, I was thinking about people that have really resonating stories and who are really well-spoken, just like really incredible people that I could bring on. And you were definitely top of that list. And mm-hmm. so, thank you. Well, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get you on the mic because I feel like you just have so much to say that resonates with people. And I think not only in relationships, but outside of relationships. Mm. Um, I know that you were like super spiritual. You've really kind of like found yourself. You've healed in a lot of different ways. And we Mm. talked a little bit about that, Mm -hmm. but, um, I guess we're just going to like hop right into it. Let's just do it. Let's Let's just just fucking do it. Let's just do it. Well, first I want, let's start out with the fact that you are in a happy relationship with an amazing man that I actually got to meet eating tacos. Yes. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. I never. (laughs) So I am definitely in a very healthy partnership with my boyfriend, Dan. He's amazing. And when I say healthy, I don't mean that we don't have some dark days. We definitely do. But I am really proud of our relationship. It's one of my best. Um, it's one of my best accomplishments thus far because to be in a help, happy, healthy, thriving partnership, really romantic relationship, um, you have to do some soul work. Mm-hmm. You can't just. And I didn't. And I'm sure we'll get into this, but I, I didn't know that back then when I was in a in a different relationship. You know, I thought I was feeding into the narrative of like everything's fine and your life is great. And if you work hard and do X, Y, and Z, you get X, Y, and Z, where that's not always the truth. And so 
uh, Dan and I have worked really mindfully and have bled out together. Like we have put all of our shit out there. Um, and that's not easy. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely have been moments where we've looked at each other and have been like, do you still want to do this? And I think this like check in with each other is, is needed, but, um, yes happy happy and in love <laughs> i know i love that how long have you guys been together now so we have been together for three and a half years we've been together for four years in june but it's been a 10 year deal so we actually dated for a year prior to me and my ex getting together and dan just scared the shit out of me he was everything that you're told to not do he did he was just you know he's older and he was um, living his life and just having fun. And I was still in college and I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, you're like, life's not supposed to be this fun. Like we're supposed to be going to going to college and doing this and doing this. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to like forge my own path. And it scared the shit out of me. So we mm-hmm. ended up breaking up, going our separate ways. We both got into really serious relationships and, um, found our way back to each other as cliche as that is, but, but we really did. We really did. So been together for almost four years, have known each other for about 10. That's bananas. That's so crazy. (laughs) But I've heard so many stories like that of people kind of just like finding themselves walking out of these like relationships that they were scared Mm -hmm. of, um, right? Because they weren't ready. But somehow like coming back, like I'll give you a prime example, a girlfriend of mine, um, she had been introduced to this one guy and she'd been dating like other dudes and things like that. And she was just like, you know what? He's not my type. He's not just like, "I I I don't know. I'm not into it, right? They spent like a couple years apart. They were never really together. They just kind of knew each other. They were getting synced up. Anyways, so fast forward like a year, year and a half, they re-synced up on a dating app. Wow. And they like slipped into each other's DMs, went on a date, and she like she literally just knew within three months, she's like, I'm going to literally marry this person and have his kids. Wow. But how crazy would it be that at the time, if they pursued that relationship and continued, they would not be where they are today. Oh, 100%. And they're the happiest couple I've ever seen in my entire life. I think something that I hope to change is this narrative that love is linear and if you meet someone you fall in love you get married you buy a house you have kids whatever I I that's not how it goes that's never how it goes really and we're fed this through especially women we're fed this through society through media that that that's how it goes and that's not how it goes love is messy and Snaps. being a human is messy. And so why would we ever think that love would be any easier? You grow, you evolve, you stretch, you you take 10 steps backwards, you take five steps forwards, you take a few to this side. Like it's just this huge mess and that's okay. And it's, a, and, it's and that's where the fun part is. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I want to change that narrative. Love is not linear at all. And you don't, I mean, for, for the people who have found love that way, no judgment and kudos to you and I love it. But I think for a lot of us, it's, it's a little bit messier and we color outside the lines way more than we, we've ever thought we would. So, yeah. At what point did you figure that, like that little piece out? Um, I didn't figure that out until probably year one of Dan and I dating. So, so yeah, it took a lot of, like, I didn't even realize what I had done calling off an engagement turning my life upside down, having my parents be pissed at me, some of my friends be pissed at me. I didn't even realize what I had done until probably a year, a year and a half later. And mind you, Dan and I did get together pretty quickly after I called off the engagement. And again, people were judging me for that. Like you just got out, you just called off an engagement. Like, what are you doing? And I was so, it was the first time in my life where I was living on a feeling. And as women were, were, 
we're told not to do that, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're to this, we're to that. You're too emotional. Don't feel, don't feel this. And I had been very linear in my head my entire life where I was like, no, that's not how it's supposed to go. No, that's not how it's supposed to go. And so calling off that engagement was really yeah. stepping into my power. And so, yeah, I did hurt a lot of people in the process of it. And I, and I have forgiven myself for that. But also it was this first taste of like, I'm going to do what I want to fucking do. This is my life. I'm going to create it the way that I want to live it and I'm not going to listen to anyone anymore. And so, yeah, it did take a, a probably a good year, year and a half until I realized like love is not linear. We don't have to have this like storybook romance that, you know, girl, man saves girl, blah, blah, blah. Um, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> as we know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. That's no, I like, I 100% agree with you. I feel like I've kind of like followed that narrative for a really, really mm-hmm. long time, but it, it takes, right. But it takes time to realize that because I think that we have so much influence from our parents. Like I know yeah. for me culturally, especially like, I think that, you know, my parents really want me to meet this like textbook, super successful, like seven figure dude, who's going to take care of me. And then I'm going to wife, like wife him up and then or whatever vice versa and then have like 17 kids i cannot that's not your life that's not at all i'm like the girl who doesn't want kids was like super wishy-washy on marriage and just like wants a fulfilled career and do shit like this that like Mm -hmm. brings me like natural joy and then have people like you in my life or others that you know are genuinely driving me and propelling me forward Mm -hmm. right and i know that that's a narrative for a lot of people but like you said it's not linear and everybody has a different path yeah totally but kind of backtracking a little bit so we talk a lot a big reason for this was again talking about your last engagement so i kind of want i i almost don't even know where to start so i'm gonna start at the the beginning yeah i want to leave the floor up to you you can give me as much as little as you want okay so let's start from the beginning um and i will preface this so before i met my ex-fiance and for the sake of this because I do want to protect his identity and his family I have mad respect and and love for them even um haven't talked to them in years but still we're going to call him Jay so I met Jay at we were both working for a company called Carlton Hair and it was a chain of of hair salons and it was I was young I think I think I was 22 or 23 when I met him and you know I'm 29. I'll okay. be 30. We're pretty much the same age. Yeah. I'll yeah. be 30. Well, I'll be 30 in September next okay. year, 2021. So my father had passed. I, I met, I met Jay in, I think like July, August and my father had passed that May Yeah. and it was pretty life shattering, but I was also, I feel for the most part, like quote unquote, handling it well. And so, but that was like also my story, right? Like everyone wanted to know how that happened, which I was fine with sharing and so for, we met at work and that was kind of like, I don't want to say like, that's what fueled our conversation. Cause it totally didn't, but like, you know, he, he was like, Hey, like, you know, we meet at work and then he, you know, he sees Instagram and he, and I was very vocal about my, my father passing. And I feel like almost like this pain to pain type deal is like mm-hmm. kind of what brought us together. Like trauma bonding. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like not that he had lost anyone maybe it was trauma bonding on my side. I don't know. Cause he was really, really kind about it. Like you don't have to tell me too much. You don't have to tell me, you can tell me whatever. And anyways, so that's, we just started talking. We were literally texting constantly. And I look back at the beginning of our relationship and I look back on it with nothing but admiration and love. Mm -hmm. We did all the textbook stuff. You know, we would hang out, we would talk on the phone. We would, um, we would go to really rad restaurants. We would go on little weekend adventures. Like we were in a really lovely relationship. It was amazing. 
Um, I have no, like, I didn't really see any red flags, quote unquote. Okay. So we're about seven months into dating and my roommate, who's actually my very, very good friend, we're still very good friends. Her name's Mackenzie. We call her Mac. Mac was moving out. She was doing her own thing. And so I had suggested to Jay, like, hey, like, what if we move in together? Like, everything's going so well. And the look of terror on this person's face. And this is still the seven month mark, correct? Yeah, seven okay. month mark. And I, I've always been a little bit quote unquote mature for my age and he's older, right? He's in his thirties. So I'm like, why not? Like, it's going so great. Like, why don't we like, we're talking about marriage. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, why don't we just move in together? And I've never seen anyone go so ghost white before. Like, he was like, yeah, I mean, maybe, sure, whatever. And so, you know, like, and I maybe call it naive. I don't know what you want to call it, but I like recognized that and was present with the fact that that didn't obviously sit well on the surface, but I kind of was just like, whatever, like, you yeah. know, maybe he'll change his mind. Yeah. But you're so, you, for the entirety that I've known you, you've always been bold. You've always been Thank on you. it. Yeah. I felt like again for these years that I've known you you've never had to learn to be the person that you wanted to be yeah so I was just like whatever and if he doesn't want to go for it I'll get a roommate and we'll be chill what you know like it wasn't yeah and maybe looking back like again like moving in together is a big step I had never lived with a boyfriend before I didn't know what that looked like or what that felt like but it I was just okay why not and again if he says no like I wasn't gonna break up with him or anything like that no no harm no foul so I, he, we ended up moving in together. Um, and that's where the red flag started coming up left and right. Oh shit, okay. I'm talking like moving day red flag started coming up left and right. So moving day comes and Mac had moved out. She, she's gone. I cleaned the room. I'm really stoked. And I'm like, where is this guy at? And he texts me, hey, I'm going to go buy a car right now. Okay, so he wasn't driving? No, he had a car. He was buying a new car. <laughs> so I was like, okay. so like, I mean, call me old fashioned in some regards, but I'm like, usually moving day is like, we get up early, we, we, we start early, we try to get it done as quickly as possible. We try to get it done in one day because it's a pain in the ass. And I, and I actually haven't thought about this until, until I was thinking about this entire story. And I remember thinking like, why on earth would you combine two of the most stressful things, moving and buying a car in one day? Like that doesn't make any sense. And I know now I think he was so afraid of commitment in a way, or like, like, I don't know, afraid of something. There was something there. I know now that there was something there where he was trying to downplay how big of a day this was. Maybe it's because I was like, hey, we're moving in together. This is exciting. It's fun. It's great. But it's also, I wasn't scared. I wasn't yeah. nervous. Um, because you're not putting a ring on it. At that point, you're literally signing paperwork. And if you, God forbid, you need to break it, you throw money down and you leave. Exactly. Which you, which will lead me into my next part, which he reminded me constantly throughout our entire relationship. So he shows up. And he has his new car. It's a, it's a, an electric car. And mind you, he had been shopping around for an electric car. So I'm not, he didn't just like pop up with this idea to go buy a car, but it was just weird that on moving day, that's what he wanted. So the sun was already setting. He comes with his car again, also weird and like no moving truck or anything like that. And he just has his clothes. 
And I was like, oh, so are you going to go get all your other stuff tomorrow? And he's like, no, I think I'm just going to, um, I'm going to keep half of my stuff here and half of my stuff at my parents' house. <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, why would you do that? And he was like, well, if it doesn't work out, I don't want to have to remove all my stuff back to my, back to my parents' house. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, this is so weird. I mean, thanks for the honesty, I guess. But like, this is so weird. And I, it didn't sit well with me and I can laugh at it now. Thank goodness. But I do have, and I discovered from this relationship, I do have a really deep, deep abandonment issues. My dad, him and my mom broke up when I was eight and he was, you know, he had addiction issues and was out in the streets and I saw him maybe every other weekend if I was lucky. So I have some deep abandonment issues. And so for him to tell me, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to just truck back onto my parents' house, which, okay. I mean, like, again, thanks for the honesty, but like, damn, okay. So then that, that was really triggering. And back then I didn't even know what the word trigger meant. And it was really triggering. And we got into it like a little bit of a tiff on day yeah. one and we're arguing. And Which normal. I think that you're in every right to feel upset about that. Right. That's weird. Right. Yeah, I would not be okay with it. My now boyfriend was like, that's fucking weird. I'm sorry. That's weird. So again, and I, I don't think that he was doing these things to be malicious. I really don't. I don't think he was doing these things to be uh to like intentionally hurt me i think he had his own hurt that he was so unaware of and that's what kind of happens when we're unaware of our hurt we kind of in an accidental type way start hurting the people around us yeah it's all projection exactly yeah and so okay we're living together and we're settling in and i'm really busy I'm, I'm working full time. I'm going to school at night full time to finish, to finish my BA Mm -hmm. and I'm interning like 10 to 15 hours a week. So I'm really busy. I'm never home. I'm here. I'm there. And there's another, and I don't really feel like we got to like settle into each other until after that was done. Right. So after I graduated and I was just, just working and it was just like, at first it was just like little things. Like it was just like. Oh, you get up, Hannah, you get up in the middle of the movie and you start doing the dishes and that's really annoying to me. And I'm like, okay, well, sorry, this movie sucks and I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, it's like little, just like little annoying things or like, um, I, I don't know, like he, I'm really, really clean and he was a little messy. So then I was being, you know, naggy, quote unquote, I hate that word, but naggy about that or then it started to get really weird. Like I would go out with my friends and he wouldn't want to go. And my guy friend would be there and he wouldn't want to go. Or he say he would go and then he would have to late, work late. And our our lives started probably after the first couple months of, of after that like honeymoon period, quote unquote, of of living together. Our, our lives started to like divert. Like, no, what's the word? They started to separate. Like mm-hmm, we were mm-hmm. almost living, like that was the beginning of, this like crack into our relationship where we started living two very, very, very separate lives. And, um, gosh, what happens next? So there was like a trip. We go to Joshua tree and we had been together. I don't even know for how long at this point. And we're just fighting the whole time. And it's actually, Oh, this is another thing. He, he was a hustler. Like the man knows how to fucking work and he's brilliant. He, he, he's 
creativity oozes from his pores. Mm-hmm. And so he was a photographer. He was also also a hairstylist working these both, both of these jobs yeah. and constantly working. He had to be constantly working. Elsie told me he wasn't fulfilled. So any trip that we went on, there had to be a photo shoot booked. He had to be making money off the trip. Like we could have never just go on a trip. Interesting. Right? We could never just go on a trip for it to just, for us to like unwind or whatever. Which at the time, like now, if someone were to tell me that, I'd be like, I mean, you, you have to rest as part of the process. Like you have to, you have to like turn things off for a little bit and yeah. chill out and enjoy life. And that's really where you're able to go full steam ahead when you get back. And, and so I didn't look at it as a red flag back then. Back then I fed into the idea, oh, he's a hard worker. Oh, he wants to, he wants to, to, to you know, work really hard and make money. And who am I to, to say anything about that? But again, so then our lives start separating because I'm going on trips with girlfriends. Music's a big part of my life. I love going to music festivals and concerts and shows. He doesn't like crowds or live music. Mm-hmm. Not a red flag in my head still. Still, I'm like, okay, whatever. We have different interests. Yeah. So we go back to this Joshua Tree, uh, just Joshua Tree experience. And, and it was for a photo shoot. It was for, I think, like a maternity shoot or something. And I had never been to Joshua Tree. I was so stoked. I was like, oh my God. Like I, I read about it all the time. So we go to Joshua Tree and we're just fighting the whole time. And I just remember thinking like, I'm probably like a year and a half in at this point, right? And I'm just thinking to myself like, this isn't it. I don't know what it is, but I know that this isn't it. Like, this is wrong. We're fighting about things that are potentially fundamental. We're not getting along. And it's not like a, like, just like a bickering. It's like, now it's getting really intense. And we have to put on this facade in front of his clients and pretend like everything's okay. And mind you, his image was really important to him because he was technically, I mean, when you're a photographer and you're a hairstylist, you're like freelancing essentially, right? Yeah. Like your, your, your image is, is, is a, your, your branding and your image is a big part of your business. And so everything always had to be very put together and very poised and we don't fight in public and we, and if you have a problem, we'll talk about it later. And I'm not like that. Like if we have an issue, we're going to fucking talk about it right yeah. now. Are we causing a scene? I don't give a fuck if we're causing a scene. I don't care if the waiter is, uh, is uncomfortable. I'm sorry, waiter. We're going to tip you. I'm sorry. I probably, you know, like I'm, I'm, sure, yeah, I'm yeah. different. And so of course, so I'm like, but again, like my people pleasing really came out in this relationship. Like keep, keep him happy because when he's not happy, then life kind of sucks. The energy sucks. So we'll just keep him happy. Keep him happy. Keep him happy. And that was a reoccurring theme in this relationship was like, okay, as long as we keep him happy, I'll be happy. But I was self-sacrificing myself. Yeah. So I'm on this trip and I'm just like, this is, this is torture. Like I, you know, we're fighting really bad. And I feel like I'm, I feel like he, this is where the idea came from. I was like, I feel like he doesn't even really like me. Like, I feel like he has this idea in his head of who I am and he's trying to make me fit this mold so badly. And this is not who I am. I'm not like the fucking cool girl who stands in the corner and doesn't say anything i'm the girl in the middle of the party who's dancing and having fun and like let's take another shot and being loud and and maybe that's not for him and i just remember feeling really really alone yeah like exceptionally alone and trying not to cry the entire time and it was just really hard i just remember it being really hard so we get back home and I think that after that, instead of having, you know, a good hard talk with myself and like coming to terms with this isn't working out and breaking it off, 
I just stayed and was like, okay, well, you know, it was just a fight and I'm being irrational and my feeling, I'm, I'm, these feelings probably aren't, they're just feelings. That doesn't mean that they're fact, which is true to some degree, but also untrue to some degree as well. And Mm so that's really where it really started to kind of get a little bit more traumatizing And I don't want to say it was self-inflicted, but it's like if I had left, this wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, it obviously happened. So it was supposed to happen. And I deeply feel that, right? Yeah. So then this is, I start going out more. I start doing the things I love. I love going to bars. I love a good dirty martini. I love, I love hanging out with my friends. I, I don't want to just work. I'm not a machine. I don't believe that. I'm a hard worker and I find so much joy in my work, but I also, I want to do other, other things and our lives completely started changing. Like he was living one life and I was living another and we were pretty much just roommates yeah. because we didn't like the same things. Did you feel like you stopped having like a sex life because of it too? Or do you feel like that continued to progress? No, 100%. We stopped having sex 100%. And that was a big deal to me because I wanted to have sex, but I didn't really... There was nothing there. There was no like fire or passion with us. So... It was like, well, you know, maybe this is, again, maybe this is what happens in relationships. You kind of just stop having sex. Maybe this is, maybe this is normal. Maybe this is like, you know, like everyone always says, like, it's really fiery in the beginning, which it was. And now it's just like, not Mm -hmm. again, these like narratives that were fed from whoever, our parents, media, society, whatever. And... Then I was just kind of like, you know, like I said, I was doing my own thing. He was doing his own thing. He was working a lot. And I was just, I was just living my life. And it, so I think really where the idea of, oh shit, this is going to end soon came from one really intense night. I had went out with my two girlfriends, Mac and my other friend, Noelle, and we had went out. I forget what we did. It doesn't even matter. And I come back and he's obliterated. And this is where I noticed he's been drinking a lot at, at home, a lot, a shit ton. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm buying wine and the wine is gone within like a few hours and then or I'm buying a handle of vodka and it's gone it's half of it's gone the next day and I'm not drinking it and we're the only two people that live in the house and really quickly is this now was there a certain time or event that this kind of started to happen or was he perpetually drinking through the relationship but you didn't find it a problem and then it kind of all clicked the latter he was drinking through the relationship and he would drink at home and he would drink excessively and I never thought it was anything was wrong. Like, yeah. I like noticed it, but I was like, oh, he, he likes to drink. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I like to drink too. But it, yeah, like then I was like, oh shit, this is like, this is an issue. Okay. So we come home and we, I think we had gotten to like an argument before I left and I just left and I didn't just leave. I said like, I'm still going to follow through with my plans and mm-hmm. hang out with my girls. And so I left and then I came home and... He, uh, I see that a lot of alcohol has been consumed and he's like being really happy and like having like, like wants to like talk to us and like hang out. Mm-hmm. And then he like flips and it's like a, like something went off in his brain and he's screaming and yelling and he's like being really, really, really aggressive with me, like with his, with his energy and he's in my face and his, his, it's just a lot. 
and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I don't feel safe. I didn't feel safe. I was like, I don't feel safe here. I'm going to pack my bags and I'm gonna go stay with Mac. And he's like, no, you're not, you're not doing that. And, and I was like, Do you, should I call the cops? Like I, you're, you need to settle down. You need to chill out. Like this is getting to be extreme. And he like pushes me against the wall and in my head, I'm like, is this happening right now? Like, is this like, is this going to get physically abusive? And he pushes me against the wall. And then my girlfriends, God bless them. And he's a big guy. Like he's not, he's tall. He's tall, dark and handsome. He's a big fucking dude. Yeah. And my girlfriends push him and they're like, no. And we're like, get the fuck out. Yeah. So we leave. I'm, it's, you know, I'm crying. I'm like, what just happened? And then I start questioning myself. Like, well, I've been drinking. Did I do something to aggravate him? Like, it's my fault. I start internalizing it, mm -hmm. which as women, I think that's what we do. That's what we've been told to do, right? Well, you know what? And I'll, I'll flip a switch on this as well. I've actually known men that have been in abusive relationships and their story is exactly the same where they're getting hit and punched mm -hmm. and shit thrown at them. And they're like, well, you know, we were both arguing or whatever. And so they're taking the same kind of like narrative where yeah. their soul essentially is flying outside of their body. And they're like saying like, well, we're both proponents of this argument where a lot of times that's not the truth, but it's really unfortunate that while I think it does happen to more women than men, the narrative still discredits the male Absolutely. who's also having the same kind of issue. Absolutely. You know? And so it, it's just a fucking insane. Like, and I'm fortunate enough to like knock on wood, never to be a part of that situation. So I can't even imagine what you felt. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry. Continue. No, 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 no. It's like great insight. And I do agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think it's ever, 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 ever okay for it to ever get like that ever on either side. Yeah. And, and I will say again, I don't think that this person, my ex, I don't think he is an abusive person. I yeah. think he had a lot of shit that he didn't know how to communicate with me and he maybe yeah. he had some trauma deep down i don't know but i don't think that he's an abusive human who's like going out and like beating on his partners i don't think yeah. that i think that situational yes this was situational and so so yeah so i go to my friend's apartment where the three of us are sitting there and we're looking at each other Again, like, did that just happen? Because for the most part, my ex was known to be a, a pretty cool dude, right? Like, mm -hmm. no one would have expected this. So we're trying to process this, and we just can't. And I was working a second job. So I was, so the two girls I was are, are with, they both work at a hair salon. One of them actually owned the hair salon, and I was working the front desk there. And so we all three of us went to work the next day. And I remember going up to my friend Noelle... And Noelle is a mom and she, she is, she's lived a very colorful life and I feel very safe around her and I don't feel like I'm ever judged around her. And which I think is very important to have women like that in your life who aren't going to judge you for anything. Because again, I've been in this relationship for a few years. I have this people pleasing tendency. And so to let my two friends see that happen, I started to feel guilty like, oh my God, my friend saw that. I put my friends in danger. Oh, what do they think of me? What do they think of my what, of my partner? Like, oh my, like all, right? And I, did I once think like, Hannah, how is your mental health? How's your well-being? Are you okay? What are you feeling? I kept thinking about everyone around me. And so I just go up to her and I just hug her. And she's like, you're going to be okay. And I wasn't crying. I was just, I was just, I needed to be hugged. 
And like I said, she has a, she is a mom and she has this very beautiful motherly energy. And she was like, you're going to be okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I remember just being like, thank God for this person right now, because this is what I needed. Okay. So I haven't talked to, to Jay at all this day, right? Like it's the next day I have, he's kind of, I've had a few text messages, but he, it's more so like, I'm so sorry. I don't remember what happened. Um, I, I went into work today too. So he, so in my mind, I'm like, you have no idea what happened. You know, he's like, I'm like, I woke up with my clothes on and my shoes on and like, where were you? Why didn't you come home? And I kind of remember, I know we got into a fight. I'm so sorry, but I don't really remember what happened, what happened. And so I, I called him after I was done with this work day. And I was like, you have to remember what happened. You have to remember snippets. And then I kind of just, I'm pissed and I'm laying into him and I'm like, you fucking, but, but what I'm saying isn't really what I'm feeling. What I'm saying is you embarrass me in front of my friends. How dare you? Rather than say, I was so scared for my life. I thought I was going to get hit. You had me in the corner. I'm like getting chills. Right? Fuck. Like I, I was, I wasn't saying what I needed to. I was masking it with the people that were present there. And thank God they were right. Thank God that someone was present there. Well, then you don't walk out of the situation saying, did that really happen? You literally have two other friends that said, Hannah, we experienced this full, full force. And we, and imagine if we weren't there. I never even thought about it. Right. And that like was the that. first thing that I thought about. I was like, imagine if your friends weren't there and him not being in a, and I, I, again, saying that he's not an abuser or whatever, but if you're held up on that wall and he doesn't remember what happened, what could have been if you're sitting there outside your body, body saying what's happening and not necessarily fighting back, yeah. right? And you're not, I mean, and granted, you're a tall girl, you're strong, mm -hmm. you've been for yourself, but at the end of the day, like, that doesn't matter. No, you know? no. He could have done some damage. And, and, I mean, I never even thought about it until you said it like that. Like, they were witnesses which now makes me think my head is like what about all these women who experience this that like no one is there that oh my gosh we could mm -hmm. that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down um okay so next day next a day texts. so no i end up going home so so then so then we get off the phone and i'm and i'm with mac and we're eating and we're eating dinner and we're at our place or something and i'm like I miss him. Like, I just want to go home and I, I want to, I want to be with him. Is that weird? And she's like, well, that's your house. No, of course not. Like that's your, that's your, that's your man's like, of course not. It's weird. And so then my mind is like, but wait a second, that just happened. Am I just like that forgiving? Am I, am I dumb? Like I have this really negative self-talk. Like you should be calling your mama right now and be like, mom, I'm going to come stay with you for a few weeks until this blows over again, all these shoulds. And I didn't really know what to do. I didn't trust myself at this point. Mm -hmm. So I did end up going, going home, going back to our apartment that we shared together. And I remember feeling very adult. I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I'm like, eh, I'm just a big kid, like even to this day. And mm -hmm. so, so then I remember sitting there and I'm like, this is a very adult situation I'm like in right now. Like this is, this is fucking nuts. And I looked at him and I asked him, you know, he looks, well, he looks hungover as shit. He, he looks like garbage and he looks just heartbroken he does yeah. he looks pale he looks he just it, it was a, a sad sight to see and I, I asked him I said are you happy in this relationship he goes yes I'm happy in this relationship you're the love of my life I, I want I want to marry you I want to have kids with you I, I want like to do life with you and I looked at him and I said well the actions of last night 
don't reflect someone who who thinks that at all like you you seem really unhappy and if there's something that is if there's something that's going on or if you're unhappy about something or something that I don't even know like I think we should talk about it now which I gave him the floor for him to be like you know what our lives are so different and Mm -hmm. and you like to go out and I don't and you like music and I don't really like to go to shows and like you know all these like superficial quote-unquote things that maybe aren't really that superficial at the end of the day if you don't have much in common after the honeymoon stage but he was like no no I want to I want to be with you and I'm so sorry and I'll do anything anything and so I said okay and so we stayed together for a few months after that another episode like the one I just described happened again this time he tried to make out with a friend of mine He tried to or he did? He tried to. She pushed him off. Mm -hmm. It was actually the same woman, Noelle, who was there. and The mom? Yes. Okay. She pushed him off. She was like, what are you fucking doing? Like, that was a whole other thing. And to be honest, I think I kind of blocked out the second episode. So I don't even... At that point... At that point, I was so unhappy and just there, right? It was just... I was just numb to it. There was no intimacy. We were literally just roommates. And like playing house to our family. Mm-hmm. So showing up for holidays and birthdays and this and that. And there it was just, you know, Hannah and Jay look so cute together and they're so great together and they make a good team and just buying into that. Been there. <laughs> right? Yeah. And okay, so so what happens next? So we celebrated a two year anniversary in September. And then that December, and I think it was, if my memory serves me correctly, 2016, but I'm not entirely sure. I think it was 2016, couldn't have been 2017, 2016. Like a year into your relationship? E- no, years? we celebrated two years. Okay. So this is two years. So I think it's September of 2016. It was our two year anniversary. Okay. And <laughs> again, this is like goes to show how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was just so numb. Mm-hmm. I was going to a music festival. Life is beautiful in Vegas. But I was like, hey, like, and he was fine with it. He was like, okay. So I was like, what? I don't know. Now I feel like in the partnership I'm in now, we'd be like, no way, we're celebrating. We're going to go all out and have a fun anniversary. But anyways, mm-hmm. so he was like, whatever with it. I was going, I was like, hey, but when we when I get back, let's let's go do something. And he's like, yeah, let's go to San Francisco. Like, I haven't been in a long time. I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. And it was very, like, dry, like, very, like, like transactional yeah Yeah, like very so whatever I have a blast in Vegas and then I hop on a plane and I meet him at home and then we hop on another plane and and that was kind of rad right and then we're in San Francisco we have an amazing time in San Francisco a beautiful time I hadn't been to the city in a really long time and we get lost and we're laughing but it's very very much feels like a friendship didn't weren't physical we we were not intimate at all we held hands here and there he was a photographer right so he's taking all these beautiful photos and I just remember it being like that was a really great trip but I don't have much else to say it's like if you and I went on a vacation together that's it (laughs) we'd probably be more intimate hey I mean we all know my fluidity scale is just questionable half the time (laughs) I'm so here for it but yeah it was like it was just so, again, it was an amazing trip. We, we, we drank amazing wine. We, we saw amazing things. We walked a shit ton. We took rad photos. But that's really all that came from it. Yeah. So at this point, I will preface, like, we have talked about getting married, right? And 
I've been very clear that I'm not going to change my last name if we ever get married. And I, I still hold that. I'm not changing my last name. Snaps for Hannah. <laughs> I My last name is important to me. It's also a very unique last name. Um, it's, I think, too, there's other, like, emotional roots to it where, like, I my father passed away and I want to wear his name proudly and live a life that he couldn't live because he was an addict. So he, this person, Jay knows this. I've, I've, I've confided this to him. Mm-hmm. And there's a second thing that I still stick by. I'm not going to share. We're not going to have joint bank accounts. We could definitely have a bank account together, but I will have my bank account. You can have your bank account. We'll have our joint bank account. And and even if we get the government involved and we get married and like what's mine is yours and yours is mine and all that stuff I learned from episode one of your podcast, okay. it doesn't matter. Like I still want, like I don't want you looking at my bank account and like analyze, like th- that to me seems like we're going back in time. Like there's mm-hmm. no need, not that I'm hiding anything from you, but that just seems weird to me. Yeah. And I'm by the way to to please you, I'm 100% onto both of those, right? Yes, I don't think it's strange, I think those should be normalized. Um, I I mean, I think my parents are kind of the same way too, where they kind of like have their like own individual lives and it fucking works that good as it should be, yeah. So, So, and I bring that up, and it'll it'll make sense after this whole story, this whole fucking (laughs) crazy story is over. So Okay, two-year anniversary in September. December comes, end of the year. Oh, another thing. Another thing. I've always said, do not, I never want to get, and I still hold true to this, I do never want to get engaged around Christmas. I don't really enjoy the holidays that much. They're fine, but I'm not like a big holiday person. And I don't want to get engaged around Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day is a nightmare. Fucking lame. Mm -hmm. So do not propose to me on Christmas. Do not propose to me on Valentine's Day. And I would even go as far as to say it's my birthday because I love my birthday, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so December rolls around and our relationship has been, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, there's nothing to brag home about there, but there is also no like crazy stories of him drinking bottles and bottles and like shoving me into a corner and getting really aggressive and, and abusive. There's none of that. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. But I also start thinking like, is this who I want to be with? Like after that two year mark, like I'm having these thoughts, right? And simultaneously, you know, I'm hustling at work. Mm-hmm. I'm working really hard. I, this is at the time what I thought was a was a good job and a job that would set me on my path of where I wanted to go. And and it was a lot of work as we both know, because we both lived it. So I was working, mm-hmm. we were working what, 10 hour days and that's putting it lightly that's putting it lightly like we had so much fucking work to do and 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 i also felt like i didn't have time to think about this like i couldn't be emotional because i had to to go in and do a job and show up for clients and show up for my team members and maybe that's a little bit of an excuse but i also feel like that's another societal fucking message we're sent where we work so hard to accomplish all these things and we don't have time to think about our emotional health. Mm-hmm. So there was no health coming out of that part of our lives. Let no, me tell you. no, just, just the, the only thing is our friendship, our friendship and a, a few other friendships mm-hmm. that we still have. And yeah, so, so I didn't really have time to think and December rolls around and it's Christmas. It's Christmas day. And we get into a huge fight on the way to his parents' house. A huge fight. 
And I, I was the abuser in this case. I was being very verbally abusive and I was calling him names. I felt like I had all this pent up shit Mm -hmm. from, from years and also deep rooted shit. And I was like, you're a fucking pussy. And like, oh shit. Like like you're a fucking pussy. I get the fuck out of my life. Why don't you just fucking live with your parents? Like your, your jobs are trash and I, I, like all this crazy Damn bitch. Yeah. I was like, I was a fucking nightmare, but what did we do? We parked the car and went right into his parents' house and everything was okay. Yeah. How's, how's your Christmas, Hannah? Oh, it's great. Like, you know, everything was, which is so like, that is not okay. Like we we cannot pretend everything's okay when everything's not okay. Yeah. Like now if that were to, well, that would never happen now, but if, Mm -hmm. if that were, if something were to happen and I'm not okay, I would like be like, excuse me for a second and go like scream on the side of the house or something. Like you cannot just stuff things down. You cannot Mm -hmm. stuff, 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 stuff. So I get fucked up. I'm like wasted, wasted, wasted all day long Mm -hmm. and also not healthy. I mean, definitely sometimes it happens, but not healthy to like stuff your emotions down and then fucking drink a shit ton. Well, and then when you're around family. Exactly. And thankfully his family is loving and kind and open-minded and fun. Like they're, they, they, a big part of the hurt was breaking this off was because of his family. But so I'm wasted the next day rolls around and he's like, do you want to go home? And I'm like, I'm too hungover to like lift my head up. Can we just stay here another night? And of course his mom's like, you can stay here as long as you want, like whatever. So we just have like a hangover day and, and she's making us food and we're, we're just, it was like a really just nice, like chill day. And so then, so two days after Christmas, so we go home <laughs> and we haven't exchanged, I haven't told this story in a long time my heart is like racing oh my god so we we haven't exchanged christmas gifts i don't even remember what i bought him and so i um whatever i gave him his gift and he he like he you know he was like oh my god thank you he's like okay now it's time for your gift and i was like okay he's like but i have to go get it and i was like okay he was like we again because he was a photographer we had these be- this beautiful gallery wall in our apartment of all of these photos of mm-hmm. our of our family of us and he was like um and i had noticed right there in that moment that the middle photo in the of in a gallery wall it's like you know there's photos everywhere so yes. when you, when one's missing it's evident and i hadn't noticed until right now so i still don't know if it was like whatever anyways so there was like a big hole like a frame was missing and I was like that's so weird like what's going on yeah and he's like just uh stand here so you're facing the gallery wall and close your eyes and so I was like okay and I thought in my in my mind's eye I was like oh my god he like must have blown up a photo of my of my dad from back in the day and he got it framed like how rad that's so sweet and then he's like okay turn around and he's on bend and knee oh no and I turn around and I'm like Oh, no, no. In my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. I start getting dizzy. I'm woozy. I'm, and he's saying things and I have no idea what he's saying. I have no idea. I can't, I can't even remember something about our families coming together. And he, he, it was just insane. Oh yeah. You probably blacked out. I blacked out. (laughs) And I just remember he put the, the ring on my finger and it didn't really fit. And I was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. 
and the more I say, you know, it's one of those things, like if I say it more, will it sound? There's just more question marks that keep adding on. (laughs) And all of a sudden I found myself engaged. And then side note, something I've, I don't tell a lot of people this, only a handful of people know this insider information. But my next thought after no, 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 is this happening was, oh shit, I don't want to put this on Instagram because I don't (gasps) want Dan to see my now boyfriend. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's a whole other thing, but I will be honest. That is what I thought. And okay. So now I'm, I'm, I'm engaged and we're sitting on the couch and we're looking at each other and it's like, okay, what do we do now? Like we don't even really talk, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just awkward. You just had this huge fight. You're coming home. Like you spent time with the family. You're like, great. Christmas is awesome. Yeah. I don't want to marry you, but Hey, yeah. Like, okay. Like the lease is up in a couple months and then I'll, I'll we're going to pr- probably break up. You know, like those were the thoughts I thought. Yeah. So now I'm engaged. So I call my, he's like, do you want to call your parents? And I call my, my mom and my mom is like, um, like she had asked my parents for my hand in marriage before. So they knew it was coming. But my, it just had so happened at the time when that day, my grandfather had had a heart attack. Fuck. <laughs> and Fuck, dude. I don't know if you believe in signs, but I do. And I remember when I, when she answered the phone and I told her and she goes, I'm so happy for you, but I have to get off the phone because your grandfather had a heart attack and I need to, he lives in Bullhead and I have to get out there. And I was like, or no, no, no he was here visiting. I kind of forget what happened. But anyways, he, he fucking had a heart attack. He's still alive and healthy and great, but he had yeah. had a heart attack. And I just remember thinking like, this is not, this is not how it's supposed to feel. Like being engaged, like getting engaged, like this is wrong. This is, yeah. this is all wrong. Like I'm not <clears throat> supposed to think no, 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 no. I'm not supposed to think superficial shit about putting it on Instagram and having an ex at the time see it. I'm not supposed to, I'm not like, I'm not supposed to have all this anxiety, right? Or am I? Is this normal? All these things we don't talk about. So I don't know. So then his family comes over to our house to like look at the ring and say congratulations again they're a loving huge family and they were so mm-hmm. amazing and then i was engaged so okay so that was december so then new year's happens and again something i don't talk about a lot on new year's eve we spent it with my family at my mom and my stepdad's house and my stepdad i'm extremely close with and his his parents had come over and they were toasting us and and at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm engaged. I can do this. I can do. I can do this, Hannah. You could do this. You're engaged. You've been with this person for a few years. Like you're, you're uh, 25, 26. Like you got this. You, you know, I'm pep talking myself every day to live my life. That's yeah. not okay. That's not okay by any means. And um, my stepdad comes up to me and he he says, hey, like you know, it's just him and I, and we're kind of like off to the the side. And he's like, hey, you know you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And I looked at him and I was like, what do you mean? Of course I want to. And he goes, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. So he heard you like the question in your voice. He, I think my, my stepdad is a loving human who he just knew he had, he, I mean, we're a blended family. So he has three daughters of his own. And then he, from all my, his stepkids, me, my brother and my sister. And he's just, he had his dad instincts. My mom was googly eyed and was like, I can't wait to plan a wedding and do all the bullshit. Mm -hmm. But I think he was a little bit more grounded in the sense where he knew I wasn't happy and this wasn't for me. 
And I kind of remember just brushing it out, like, of course I want to do it. Yeah, duh. Like, what? we've been together for a few years. Like, that was always my, like, excuse. We've been together for a few years, which we hadn't been. We've been together for a good chunk of time, but it wasn't years. And I don't think you should ever, that should ever be the reason why you stay with someone is because you've been together for X amount of time. You could be together for 20 years. And if you're not supposed to be together and you need to break up, you need to break up. Right? Yeah. That's what I advocate yep. for. Um, so, so the ring doesn't fit. And the ring was bought from... The ring was bought from a, uh, an Australian jeweler. So we have to send it back to Australia because none of the American jewelers want to resize it because of how it's made or whatever. And they don't want to fuck it up. So I didn't have the ring for like two months because sending stuff back to Australia is kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. And so for a while, I kind of was like, oh, I don't have the ring. I'm not really engaged. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it felt it felt weird. Like that, that ring, that symbolism, not having it made it less real for me. Mm-hmm. So, so then the ring came back and I'm wearing it. And so, you know, it's like spring of the next year at this point. And we're my mom and my, at the time, soon to be mother-in-law are planning this engagement, this huge engagement party for us. And I'm, you know, I'm working and living life. And I remember at work, someone asked me, um, so what are your colors? And I'm like, what are my colors? What are you talking about? And like, what are your colors? Like, I have no, like, what are you talking about? They're like, for your wedding, what are your colors going to be? <laughs> L-O-L. You're like, I could give a fuck about this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. This is at the agency that we were at, Yeah, right? okay. this is at the agency we were at. And so, so, uh, so my goodness. So, again, I haven't told this story. In a, I hardly tell this story. So, this is, this is, this is all interesting for me. <laughs> um... So a few things that happened during this from probably like February to like March, April. So I had went out and I had saw one night I had went out and I'm, I'm engaged. I'm wearing my ring. I'm, I'm, I feel engaged. I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my ring. Remind self. Yeah. For my, yeah. Reminding me. <laughs> Set reminder. <laughs> and I, so I go out with my, one of my best, best friends, Jeanette. And, um, we're going out and I go to this bar called Holiday, which is now known as Strut in Costa Mesa. Love. Yeah. Love, love, love. And I run into my now boyfriend. My, yeah, my now boyfriend. His name is Dan. I I run into him. I don't know why that sounded like it came out weird, but whatever. Um, and I had not seen, when I, when we walked in, I had not seen Dan and his friends and I had no idea they were going to be there and I walked in and I I felt a tug on my hand and I looked and I swear like you can't make this shit up I like felt like this like energetic like vibration and I'm like who the fuck is this and I turn around and it's Dan and we hadn't seen each other a long time and we're chatting and we're kind of catching up and my friend Jeanette comes up to me and she's like you need to stop it right now and I was like what and she was like you're flirting, you're, you're, you're laughing, you're doing your little cute girl flip, like you need your cute girl hair flip, like you need to stop. And I'm like, I don't even, I sincerely did not mean to be doing that. Mm-hmm. She was, she was like, I know you and Dan are like magnets. You can't stay away from each other. You see each other and you're on one end of the room and he's on the other end and you guys just make your way to each other. And I was like, okay, well, I, I don't want to do this. I don't, yeah. I don't want to do this. And so like, let's, I'm going to be mindful of like my behavior 
or whatever. And she did have my best interest at heart. So like the night transpires, whatever, we go back to her house and I'm crying. I'm just, we're sitting outside and I don't smoke cigarettes, mind you. I do not smoke cigarettes. I'm having a cigarette because I'm anxious and I'm sad and I don't know why I'm sad. And I'm like, oh, I've been drinking. Maybe that's why. And I have this good life. Why am I, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Why do I feel this way, Jeanette? Why, why do I feel this way? And we're sitting here and we're talking and she's like, babe, if you're not happy in this relationship, call it off. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, you know, like if you're really not happy, call it off. But like, what is going on? You know, we're having this really good conversation. I go to bed, leave her house the next day, you know, go home and then start playing the game again for another couple of weeks. Like everything's fine. And, you know, I was just, you know, that conversation. Sorry, I had too much to drink. And, you know, like I would always write off these come to Jesus talks. I would yeah. have with the people in my life who loved me and had my best interest at heart who could see that I was unhappy yeah. they, they they saw for me what I couldn't see for myself and I so whatever I'm, I'm again like living this like this this lie essentially and I am getting ready to go to Coachella and Jay's not going of course and so me and Mac are going and it's just and, and I had never gone to this festival with just us just two people just me and someone someone else I usually go with like a big group so we're gonna like set our tent up like I'm excited like I'm like this is different and it's an experience I love experiences yeah and I had asked him Jay I had asked Jay hey I don't want to fuck up my engagement ring because Coachella is known for the winds and the dust. Mm -hmm. Can I leave it at home? Why would I ask that if I was not... Like, I wasn't going to go do anything out there. You know what I mean? But, like, I just didn't want to wear it. I didn't want to be associated with someone else. And very interesting, right? And he... that's That was hurtful. I know that hurt him. And I'm forever... that That's something that I'm not proud of. And he, he was like, Hannah, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like a beautiful ring and I don't want to fuck it up. And he's just kind of like rolled his eyes and I was like, like, like that's silly. And so, um, I wore the ring. I'm packing up. I'm, (laughs) I'm leaving and literally getting ready to leave. And he's like really angry. And I'm like, I'm sorry about the ring thing. Like it was a stupid idea. Like I fucked up. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's not about the ring. I'm not mad at you for the ring thing. I'm mad because you haven't done your taxes yet. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, your taxes, you haven't done them yet. And I was like, okay, I'll do them when I get home. I I got an extension. It's fine. Like everyone gets extensions. Like it'll be totally fine. He's like, I don't know, Hannah. I just really think that you need to like you need to be more responsible. And again, that was like the dynamic of our relationship. Like I'm this like little dumb idiot girl who can't do life when in mm-hmm. fact I definitely can do life and I'm I'm not this. And like why are you like why are you telling me this? Yeah. Like I'm leaving. I'm literally have one foot in the car. Yeah. And so we I'm like I got to go and I leave. And so I'm doing my thing. We get to we get to Coachella Valley. We set up tent. We set up our tent, and there was this couple that we were camping next to, and they were amazing together. I remember the guy's name was Al. I don't remember what the chick's name was, and they were just amazing together. They were like so in sync, and and um, they had, we had been you know you, you talk to the people you camp next to, and they had just gotten married, and they'd been together for five years, and and they were do, um, you know they were meeting up with friends later, and I remember thinking like. 
oh, I'm never going to have that with the person I'm with right now. I'm not in, like, we can't even agree on how to wash a dish. Like, how would we ever be able to camp? And I walked away. I walked away from that spot and I just started crying. Mm -hmm. And I was crying and crying and crying. And I declared to the universe, I cannot get married. I cannot get married to this person. I'm not doing this. This is so wrong. And I go back to the camp spot and I start bawling in front of my friend Mackenzie. And she's like, what's what's wrong? What happened? And I just like, I can't get married. I can't do it. And she goes, Hannah, thank God. She's like, thank God. She was like, everyone sees it but you. And thank God, Hannah. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so happy right now. Whoa. And I'm like, have I been living in this fucking alternate universe? And I think it just goes to show, like, no matter how hard you try to force something, it's the people in your life are going to pick up on it, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Even yeah. if you because I was picking up on it, but I kept, you know, pushing it down, pushing it down. And... I told her, I said, when I get back, I have to call it off. I have to break up with him. I, I like, we are not good together. We, we keep bringing out these like toxic things in each other. And this is just not okay. She's like, okay, you got this. We're going to have a good weekend together. And then we're going to, you're going to go home and you're going to, you're going to do this. Like you're strong. You're brave enough to do this. And I said, okay. So night one, you know, we're, we're, I'm having fun and, and, and there's, there's like a little bit of like hurt in my heart because I know what I have to do. But then at the same time, I'm like, uh, I also know it's going to be freeing. So then I'm happy too. And I'm sitting there with these dual emotions and I'm so happy that I made this decision. And I'm so grateful I made this decision because honestly, I kept thinking like, I'm going to get married, have kids that I don't really even want, have this life that I don't even really want. And then what? And then I'm 45, 50 looking back on my life like, eh, parts of it were cool. The other parts weren't. Hell no. No. Hell no. There's no way I'm going to do that. I I, I advocate to live a life that you love every minute of of it. And this is, so again, I'm, I'm feeling these dual emotions of being really, really happy that I finally am seeing the light and then really sad because I don't want to hurt anyone else and I don't want to hurt this other person but I know I have to for the both of us really so my phone gets stolen (laughs) at this music festival my phone gets stolen it gets swiped right out from my bag long story short there was this like phone thief going around that year whatever and my I have no phone and it's like the universe is like you're gonna sit with this because you're not gonna be able to like Mackenzie had her phone and you know I called and checked in once a day, but I really think the, like, I don't think that that was not supposed to happen or just an accident. Yeah. I feel like the universe, like you're going to sit with this and this is what it's going to feel like for you to do this. And this is like the steps for you to take. And, um, and, and it was, so I didn't have a phone. So I have a rad weekend. It's both, there's a lot of tears and a lot of laughter mm-hmm. and a lot of this and a lot of that. And I come home and Jay is irate about the phone situation, even though I told him, like, call me on Mackenzie's phone if there's any issues. Like, there was always, like, I notice, I know now that all these issues that he had, he used other issues to mask them because he was unhappy because yeah. I wasn't his person. So rather than be like, 
hey, what the fuck? That kind of sucked not talking to you for three yeah. days. He's he's calling me irresponsible for losing my phone when it really wasn't my fault. No. And and even if it was my fault, whatever. And so... But shit like that happens. He's acting like this is like this weird outlandish situation that you physically put yourself in. Right? That's not true. And so again, that's like mind fuckery. Like stop... Like he was never saying what he needed to for him. For and that's his own trauma and his own shit. And I know now that a lot of the things he had issues with wasn't because he thought I was this irresponsible chick it was because i wasn't his person and he couldn't admit that for whatever reason who knows that's his story right so then i start getting cold feet on 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 doing on breaking up right and i'm like oh i don't know about this like this is i don't know i don't know maybe you know maybe it was the energy of being out of music i don't know i don't know i don't know and i forget what but Something happened and I fucking snapped and I was like, you know what? If that's what you think of me and if you think I'm this type of person who only cares about having fun and is irresponsible, I am not that type of person. I work so hard. I take care of my loved ones and because I like to have fun and you don't, like that is not my problem. And he's like, you know what? Give me my ring back. And I was like, here you go. And so I gave him the ring back and he was like, all of a sudden he was like backtracking. He was like, well, we're just, we're just going to take a little break for the next, like the day or so. Right. Like this isn't like, I don't really want to call off the engagement. And I looked at him, I was like, no, I think it's in our best interest that we call this off. Like <clears throat> this is done. This is done. We are not each other's person. This is wrong. We've known that this is both wrong and we've been fooling each other. And then it's getting loud and it's getting fiery. And I don't know if it's like he feels rejected. And, and so then he, I lock myself in the bedroom and he's out in the front room and a couple hours passed by. I like napped and a couple hours passed by and he's like, I'm sleeping and he's like banging on the door, banging, banging, banging. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you want? Like we should, I don't want to talk to you right now. We've said what we, all we need to say for tonight. We'll talk tomorrow. Yeah. And he opens the door or he's like, uh, like the door is like, you know, like open. It's like a jar basically. And he like opens it all the way. And I could tell he's been drinking. And I'm like, oh my God, this again. And I'm like, you need to get the fuck out. And then, then I'm like, I am woman, hear me roar. I'm like, get the fuck. I'm standing on our, on our bed. And I'm like, get the fuck out of this room. You're going to leave me alone. Oh, Whether you like it or not. It was like this big thing. And he did. He left me alone. I locked the door. And then the next couple weeks were just freeing like I remember being like I am a free woman and I don't mean like free woman like I can go like flirt and do whatever I want I mean like I don't you know when you're in a relationship where you're told you're one way and you told you're one way over and over and over and over again and now you don't have to deal with that anymore it's amazing and so I mean what ended up happening was we we saw the lease through but he moved out and so I was living at the apartment um, that we shared by myself. He had moved out. He had wrote me a letter. I didn't even know he was moving out. I had come home one day and he had wrote a letter that just said, um, I'm sorry it ended like this and I hope you find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that was that. <laughs> that was the end. That was the last that you saw of him, talked to him, yeah. nothing. No text exchanges, no calls. No, nothing. Holy he, shit. 
I mean, we had like, it was probably over the, we had like three or four months left in the lease. And over the course of a few weeks, he had tried really hard to get back with me. Right. Mm -hmm. He had sent me flowers at work. I th- it was when I, we were still working at the agency. I remember yeah. like everyone's like, those are so beautiful. I'm like you have no idea. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this when I first started and you got flowers. And I think that this is when I didn't realize that you were going yeah. through like the, that breakup. And I was like, Oh, like somebody sending you flowers. How sweet. And I just will never forget this like response. I was so sour on your face. And I was like, why? And I just remember being like, God, that was so sweet. I wonder what happened. And then, and then it just kind of <laughs> dipped. And I was like, it's obviously not my place to ask, but I will never forget that moment. Yeah, it, it was just like, yeah, there was like a lot of pleads. And then I had to tell my, my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I just started crying, telling my mom. And my mom was like, you guys are going to get back together. This happens. It's fine. You're, you guys are having, you know, it's just a fight. And people go through this. And I was like, no, I don't. I Then I started getting kind of like mad almost. Like, no, this is yeah. my decision. I'm not doing, I'm not getting back together with this person. Like I'm, I'm, st- I'm putting my foot down. And my mom had no, I had no idea all of this stuff that I had just shared happened. She had no idea. So she's thinking, right. Cause we put on a facade for the entire world. We're happy. Yeah. We're both hard work. Like there was no, so everyone was really surprised. My fam, some of my family members were mad at me. His family was mad at me. Some of my friends were angry with me. And I was just like, this is, this is how it's, this is what I'm doing. And it was really the first taste of me stepping into my worth and listening to my intuition. And thank God that I, I did because I think it could have ended a really, really, really badly if I hadn't, you know, again, living a life that I didn't want. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it wasn't like. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like the end was like, okay, that's it. And Hannah goes and lives this beautiful life. No, it was very like I had to pack. I remember I had to pack up my apartment by myself. And I, you know, when the, when our lease was over and I remember just crying because my mom didn't want to come help me because she was mad at me, which is like our own thing. But so for the engagement break. Yeah. So I'm packing up my apartment all by myself with no help. And not that I needed the help, but it's like, you know, that's like a, it was like kind of like a, a like you're packing, you're leaving the walls into which you experience this life with someone. Like it, it was a big deal, whether I at the time knew it or not, and no one was there. And I'm sure that's how it should be. And I remember just crying. And then I'm thinking, am I making? Is this the right move? Am I making? Am I making the right decision? You know, you start questioning yourself. And and I remember thinking, nope, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing, and I'm gonna do it. And yeah, and then I remember like six or seven months had passed by and my mom still had a relationship with him. She would text him and check in. His side of the family completely, I'm talking like two days after we called off the engagement, blocked me on Instagram, blocked me on Facebook, wouldn't and like didn't try to reach out. Whereas yeah. my mom still had a relationship with him and that hurt me. I was like, what are you doing? And that was something that her and I worked through. My mom is my, my best, 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 best friend. And we were able to talk through that but I remember one morning it was a Friday morning and I woke up and this is like six or seven months after I had called this engagement off and I looked in the mirror and I just started crying and I was just crying and crying and I couldn't stop I called out of work and I just couldn't stop and I couldn't figure out why I was like I'm I was happy I was so happy in that moment and and I was so I felt so free to do whatever it is I wanted without being told that I was 
dumb or, or I was, or, or my dreams were silly or whatever else I was being told for a few years. And I could also, but I was also sad, really sad. And I know now that that's just the duality of life. There's death and birth, light and dark. And, and you don't have to choose. I didn't have to choose. I didn't have Mm -hmm. to say, I didn't have to be happy and I didn't have to be sad. I was allowed to be both of those feelings. I was, that was my right. And that's anyone's right. You're that, that's the duality of life. And I firmly believe in it. And, and, um, I just remember calling my mom and she's like, are you, are you upset that, you know, are you missing someone? And I'm like, no, I'm so happy, but I'm also so sad. And it was just very confusing. And, and like I said, I know now that it's okay to feel both of those things, Mm -hmm. especially with, um, something as, intense as a relationship ending and something i've actually learned so sonali who's a um, psychologist from episode the psychologist from episode three something that she kind of started with is that we're essentially programmed to want to be in relationships right as a human Mm. species and i think that when you get out of something that was so powerful so strong and so like emotionally daunting i think you're programmed to say like I'm supposed to have these ups and downs in emotions and I'm triggered to be with like a certain person, whatever that may be X, Y, and Z. And for a certain length of time in your life, you're conditioned right around somebody to be with somebody. So then when you step out of that, you're like, shit, I'm so happy. I'm so free from the situation. However, like I miss this weird toxic feeling of being in love, this up and down, this thing that like familiar feeling. Yeah. It's something that controlled your life at the time Mm -hmm. and you don't know. And so now you have to relearn all these patterns and step out of that and be this, not like this other person, but your actual true authentic self. And sometimes that's scary. Yeah. I was cracked open. I was cracked open. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, it was terrifying and I had, and, and I was, Oh, that's why I brought up the last name thing. <laughs> Earlier we'll just on. take it back a little. We'll just take a little. So that was a big thing when we were calling off the engagement. He was like, you don't even want my last name and you don't want to share a bank account and you don't even really want to be in this. And I, I was like, look, like you knew this, like going in, I, I, I'm, it was, it was just annoying because I was like, you knew this. I had told you this two and a half years ago. But it just goes to show how little this person knew about me mm-hmm. and how much he was listening to me when I spoke, right? Yeah. Um, but also how little I knew about, like there was things I did know about myself, but there was also things that I didn't know about myself too. Also, I wouldn't have stayed in that as long as I did. But again, it happened for a reason. So um, yeah, and then the healing journey began. And so was Dan, do you feel like Dan was a big part of that? Because I know that you guys had gotten together afterwards. Um, I don't know the time frame there and you don't have to So he, not that, yes, he was in the sense where he was like, I don't care what you went through. I love you and I mm-hmm. want to help you and be with you in whatever way that means, right? And he was so open and we loving. Love Dan. He was, we love him. He was so open and loving and kind. And at this time I was very embarrassed to say that I was engaged extremely embarrassed I didn't want it to be brought up I didn't want his friends to know I didn't want anyone new in my life that I was meeting to know that I had broken off an engagement there was so much shame around it and I couldn't even to the point where it was like my anxiety would cripple around it when when it would get brought up somehow some way 
now it's completely different. Now it's extremely empowering. And, and I'm like, yeah, I was engaged and I called off that engagement and I stepped into my worth and, and it was, it was very scary and very powerful all at the same time. But back then it was, it was not something I liked talking about. It was not something I was, there was just all I keep coming to is shame. There was a lot of shame around it, but Dan was loving and kind and asked enough questions and didn't ask questions. And I remember one time we were driving and we were completely silent and we had been together for a few months and, and the radio or like, we didn't even have any music on. And I was like, Hey, I have a question. And he was like, yeah, what's up? And, and I was like, are you embarrassed that I was engaged? And he was like, no, why would I be embarrassed that you were engaged? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, that's your story. Of course I'm not embarrassed. I, I love you for it. If, if that make if like, that's what it is. And I was like, really? And he was like, it's just a part of you, Hannah. Like, you know, he was so like kind and that's just him. He's just a kind and loving open mm -hmm. person. But then that really made me think like, maybe I'm embarrassed because of pressure I'm putting on myself. Maybe other people don't really see it like this. Yeah. And that's when I started becoming a little bit more open and a little bit more honest and when I really started like openly talking about this and then I felt empowered by it and I was like holy shit like do other women feel like this are other are other women like is this happening to other women and it's like yeah of course we're living we've been told what, what have we been told our whole lives you know go be the good girl go to school get a good job marry the man who looks good on paper and if you don't like him learn to like him and 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 have a couple of kids and that's your life and smile in your christmas photos right like that's yep. essentially what we've been told and so that's why i think it's so powerful for both men and women but speaking specifically to women that intuition that gut feeling follow it it's your it's, it's literally your compass and it's guiding you in the right direction. And we've been told that not to feel when really it's our primal superpower. And I advocate for that. As for, I guess, things that people can take away from your story and people can learn, right? Other than like following your intuition, is there anything that you feel like maybe you wish you knew or you want people to like take away when they are faced with like situations like this? I think your mental health is extremely important. And if you're feeling like your partner is fucking with that and you feel less than around the person you're sharing your life with, I think that that's a red flag that you need to explore. Um, marriage and kids and like that very traditional narrative is not the only way to live your life and don't be afraid to dismantle it and live and create a life that you're very proud of and happy in bless <laughs> literally motherfucking bless those are those are my take those are what i hope the listeners take away from this <laughs> no i fucking love that um something that i I get asked a lot is because so for me I'm a huge communicator and yeah. I've been able to navigate really hard hard communications with certain partner partners. Um, I can't say that it was that with the last long term partner that I had. However, like moving forward, that's something that I've been actively working on. 
Um, Good as, for you. As, <laughs> thanks, boo. As for like you and Dan, like how do you guys like navigate those like difficult conversations in the sense of like mental health, being together, your future, like your sex life, like right things that people I like, think that are really taboo to talk about or scare to like bring up. Like, yeah. what's your strategy? Um, to talk, <laughs> like you yeah. would, it would be. To talk from a place of authenticity and to be honest, right? Because in this, in that previous relationship that I just took you through, things would come up and there would be fights, but we both weren't saying what really needed to be said. We were yeah. blocking them. And so with Dan and I, and this has been huge for him, I will say this, is just communicating, hey, that doesn't that that made me upset or that's I'm not that was weird or the way you talk to me that's not cool or it's it put it out on the table you have to put it you and it's very scary it's terrifying it's terrifying to do that to be raw to be authentic to be vulnerable oh my gosh and to do that with another person it is absolutely terrifying Mm -hmm. and it's not it's a muscle it's not something that you're just you're just like you said. You're great. You're a great communicator, and I do think I believe that. I think you're a great communicator. But for you, certain things were kind of hard in, in your in your past relationship, and so to be able to. But it also comes from a place of feeling safe mm-hmm. and being able to put all of your worries and troubles and and things that aren't sitting with you well and put them out on the table for you to do so. And we're really honest with each other. We're really honest with each other. And when we're the one thing that we're also really good at is when we are arguing and it's getting heated and, and it's it's turning from being productive to like, okay, this is this is being fueled from just like being angry with each other. We separate yeah. and we physically like, he'll go in one room, I'll go in another. And we'll always tell each other like, I love you, but you're not my favorite person right now. And I don't, I don't want to continue this conversation. And we're both really good at doing that. And again, that came with time. And that came with a whole arsenal of us being in these relationships and, and like, you know what I, and like fucking up and falling on our face. Um, it's not something that, I mean, for me, at least it's not something I was just very good at. I'm, I'm better at it now because I don't want to hurt myself and I don't want to hurt this person that I'm with. So I flex this muscle and I, and I, and I try to be as vulnerable and honest as possible. That's fucking powerful. (laughs) That's well, no, I just love that you brought all that up because again, like I said, right. It's most people in their teens and their twenties. We're not taught that. No, like that's a skill that we have to go through. And something that I said in the last episode is that dating is one of the most like dominant things that we all do. However, we're not educated enough on it. Oh my gosh. Why, why from, from like, uh, for me, it was like pre-teenage. Why is that all we were thinking about? is dating and and boys liking us or girls liking us why you know what i mean like why you're so right like it's such a it dominates our thoughts and our essence and our being it's weird and all we get is one sex ed class and then a fucking (laughs) preteen preteen article from like vogue or 17 or something like that which is like so skewed in itself right like yeah well, 100%. And I think, uh, and maybe it's the fact that like our parents are in more of like an, um, like undermined situation or whatever that may be, where maybe. they just like are not used to talking about like the inner workings of their relationship. Like therapy was never like publicized, things no. like that. And I think that now maybe we are the generation that's kind of pushing the boundary. Maybe that's why shit like this, like podcasts, the self-help books, yep. um, the education statistics, therapy, right? Like it's all being like, not like exposed, but it's all being put on the shelf mm-hmm. as like acceptable and we're all talking about it we're all normalizing it yeah so now it's kind of like okay 
you know, you have these fucked up problems. Some of them you inherited. Some of them were given to you without you wanting them. And but now it's your, it's your responsibility to fix them. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's definitely being normalized and it takes being brave. It takes being, it's fucking scary. It's scary to heal. It's scary to admit that you need help and that you need to heal. Yeah. That is terrifying. 100%. That's terrifying. On so many levels. (laughs) Um, but well, I think that's a beautiful note to close things on. So little mama, let's cheers again. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for being vulnerable, honest, um, and just an amazing human being all around. Thank you for having me. Always. I'm so proud of you and you doing this. It needs to be done. (laughs) Bless. Well, you know what? I think what I've always said is that if at least one person can walk away Mm. from at least an episode and say, holy shit, that like sparked something in me or that like made me pause and have like an open and honest communication, that's all I can essentially ask for because again, it's not talked about and it needs to be. I feel that. Cheers. Cheers. We'll just double cheers again. (laughs)